Who are some PTO candidates for the Penguins heading into training camp? Pat and I are going to discuss that right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. That is my co-host, Patrick Damp. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow Pat's Twitter at Synonym for Wet. And of course, you can follow the show's Twitter at Elements for Penguins. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. Obviously, I am not in my regular office. For those watching on YouTube, I had to make an unexpected trip up to Beantown, aka Boston. Seen a lot of crappy brewing stuff around here, but you know that's a episode for another day at this point. But for today's episode, we're really going to dive into some PTO candidates for the team, starting with Nolan Patrick. And remember what a PTO is, professional tryout. doesn't really cost you anything against the cap at the time, but if you want to take that Band-Aid off, quote-unquote, you will have to sign them, and then he will count towards your cap. So starting things off, Nolan Patrick was the second overall pick in the 2017 NHL draft by the Philadelphia Flyers, right behind Nico Heischer. And yes, I understand Juan Hextall gets a lot of crap for that pick. And heck, he should get a lot of crap overall because he's been a horrendous executive for the for the couple of teams that he's been the GM for, most recently, of course, with the Penguins. But I really don't think you can fault him for that pick, considering how he was the undisputed number two guy at the time. Obviously, with how Makar has done without some of these other players have done, you look back and it's like, oh yeah, you would take those players first. But, you know, I don't think anyone really saw this coming with the Flyers. Patrick in his first season there, 13 goals, 30 points in 73 games. After that, 13 goals, 31 points in 72 games. And then the last three seasons combined, he's only played in 77 games. He's battled with a lot of injuries, had a migraine disorder, concussions, upper body injuries, you name it. Do you think he makes sense on a PTO pad? I mean, I think if he's healthy, he, he can maybe bring good value to the bottom six. But again, he just has to stay healthy. Yeah, obviously, we got to add the caveat, like you said, that it's easy to say in hindsight, you should have taken this player, that player, especially because we all know that a lot of guys pop up from the draft that you didn't expect to be as good as they were, and then vice versa in the case of Nolan Patrick. But at the time, he was definitely... The, at least in the top three of that draft. And also we got to say too, you bring a guy in like this, it's not us saying this is the piece. This is the one guy that's going to make them contenders, no doubt, push them over the edge. But I think so. I, he sat out last year on LTIR with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, unfortunately, isn't getting his name on the cup despite spending some time with the franchise, but different argument, different day. But you, you look at it from the perspective of, okay, did that season sitting out help him out? Is he getting healthy? Can he return to some kind of form? And it, it's a guy now that he's got a very good pedigree, really good player before he got to the NHL. Will it translate? It's tough to say at this point, but if you can bring him in on a PTO and tell him, listen, you're going to be a depth option, third, fourth line. You might not play every night. You're not going to get a big deal. If he's healthy, I think he he can return to form. It can be a classic contender kind of move where you're not expecting this guy to come in and light the world on fire. And if he does, it's only going to help you. 
And then another team can say, you know what? You had a great year there. You helped them win, put up some big points. We're going to take a chance on you now and give you that big deal. And you look for that value. So to me, it looks like a guy that if he's available, because with his injury history, there have been reports that he may retire. So health is a huge caveat here. But, I mean, 77 points in over 200 games isn't great. But you saw it from his first two seasons. He was able to put up some okay numbers for a rookie, and he dealt with injuries again. So, again, find out if he's healthy, see if the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak. And I don't think it's a bad option if available. At least, again, if he's available, see what he can do during camp. Play him in a few preseason games, excuse me. That would be fine. He's also still young enough. He's 24. For a team that is obviously on a bit of an older side, that can work. I mean, you want to bring in some more youth to this lineup, as many people also want, be my guest. He can play center. He can play wing. He can play all over the lineup, to be honest. So I do think something could be there if they want to see what he can bring. I mean, in the game, the game he can play, he's got some foot speed. He obviously has offensive instincts, which as we've talked about on this show multiple times now, that's something the Penguins are going to need in their bottom six. The top six is set. Top six is going to be able to score. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you can add another guy who can chip in 10, 15 goals in the bottom six, fill in as a Band-Aid on the second line, should there be injuries or even regressions for some guys, give him a little bit of an elevated role and see how he does with it. I, I think that's worth the risk, so to speak, if, if Dubas can get in touch with this guy and his agent and his people and say, hey, listen, Vegas didn't qualify you. You sat out last year. How's your health? How you feeling? Do you still want to keep giving this a shot? And if so, bring him in next month in Cranberry and see why not. See what he does. You took the words right out of my mouth with the offensive instincts for the bottom six. I mean, we've discussed this, I feel like, every episode at this point that the Penguins badly need some more offense for their bottom six considering the defensive options that they brought in over the offseason. I've already given those names so many times, people are going to be sick and tired of me saying them. But for a player who can, like him who can come in, give you 12, 15 goals, maybe even more than that, maybe 16, 17 goals if he's fully healthy and maybe has a career year. I mean, maybe that's a little bit of you know copium there. But <laughs> – I think that could be worth it if he's healthy and if he's just back to the level that we've seen him at during his early years in Philly or potentially even more than that. And again, you know, like you said, 24 years old. So if he's healthy and these are all big caveats, again, like we said, it's PTO, it's guys you're taking a chance on guys who might need a rehab stint somewhere to kind of get their career back on track. But even if he ends up being productive and he's a guy you get on a PTO, sign him to a minimum deal Maybe next summer you say, hey, what if we go two, three years from here and see if you can keep it going? Right. And he's not going to cost you much even after a PTO if they sign him. It's going to be what? I mean, not even a million, to be honest. I I would say 850K, 900K. I I think it's going to be somewhere in that range. And for that value, if he produces in the double digits for goals, you have yourself a steal right there. Rare is it that a PTO turns into a million or more? Usually the usually the only cases where a PTO goes to a million or more is if it's a guy that you know you want to sign, but you got to get the rest of the cap in order and then give him the deal. Most of the time, like we said, it's guys who are looking for a rehabilitation project, somebody you want to try to 
get back on track. And if that doesn't check all the boxes of Nolan Patrick and the guy we're going to talk about next. Right. And speaking of that, that's a beautiful segue into the second segment. So we're going to discuss Yessi Pujarvi, a player who a lot of people in this fan base, and I think in the media as well, have been wanting the Penguins to get Carolina made a really nice add on him at the trade deadline, even though he didn't really do that much. I think the Hurricanes were also just a super deep team, but that is also a player that could be a PTO option for the Penguins. We're going to discuss that coming up after this break. But before that, let's talk about AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day, right when I wake up in the morning, 8.30, 9 a.m. I like to drink it before my coffee. It just gives me my boost to start every single weekday before I start my full-time job. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1, and it's why I am a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health every day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Excuse me. I am Hunter Hodes. That is Patrick Gamp. Having a case of the Mondays here, people. I was going to say man's still in vacation mode because, you know, you're up there to have some fun. It's not like you're up there for business. I know. Like I said, very unexpected trip. My last full vacation that was actually planned starts next Thursday, as I teased last Friday, because Pat's going to be solo for a couple of episodes. He's going to be bringing on some good guests. So I I I got some fun planned. Yes, some that's a good tease for everyone out there. Now, our second PTO option, Yessi Pujarvi, a player who really wasn't getting the credit that he deserved when he was with the Edmonton Oilers, had three seasons of uh, three seasons of double-digit goals, 2017-18, had 12 goals, 20 points in 65 games in 2020-2021, had 15 goals, 25 points in 55 games. Right after that, 14 goals, 36 points, and then this past season played in about you know a little over 70 games, had 16 points, five of those were goals. If you look at his underlyings, ranked in the 61st percentile for a five-on-five offense, 92nd percentile for a five-on-five even strike defense. That's per Jay Fresh's model. And so you would be getting a player who, like some of these other players that the Penguins signed, very good defensively. But unlike them, I think you're getting a player who can add more of an offensive upside, as we just discussed in Nolan Patrick, what are your thoughts on Paul Yarvey? Unless your name is Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, I just, I don't have faith anymore, or at least not yet in the Edmonton Oilers ability to develop talent because Paul Yarvey's a fourth overall pick the year before Nolan Patrick, the 2016 draft. And I just don't think they ever really utilized him correctly. They, yeah, fourth overall pick, you expect him to step in and be great instantly, which is a fair assessment and a fair thing to think. But you look at the guy's underlyings, despite the the top line statistics, and if put in the right scenario, he can produce. And he's not going to be your kind of top six winger that is a black hole defensively, and you're only going to 
rely on him to to play in the offensive zone. He can play a two way game, and if there is, you know, we have uh, we have evidence of the Penguins taking a castaway from the Edmonton Oilers and turning him into a big contributor in Justin Schultz when when they went back to back in sixteen right. seventeen, and again that's a Mike Sullivan coached team. So who's to say that? Yesi Puyarvi could be yet another rehabilitation project from Edmonton to Pittsburgh. I like this guy a lot. I, I have since he came into the league. I like the way he plays. He has, again, similar to Nolan Patrick, just with less injuries, really good offensive instincts. He has the ability to find the net and find his teammates. You just got to give him the right recipe and the right utilization. So another guy that he's just sitting there this summer – waiting for a deal from anyone. Carolina didn't bring him back. Edmonton isn't bringing him back. Why not take a flyer on him? It's a guy that, if you know, it's funny to say, but he has all the markings of a guy that would be a Pittsburgh Penguin. And, And it's funny. I loved how you brought up the Oilers and their draft development history because we've seen this before, even with Neil Yakupov, with how he was picked super high. Look what happened to him, right? And with Paul Yarvey, number four overall pick in 2016 was fine, but obviously didn't live up to the hype. And I think a lot of that does have to do with the Oilers, as you said, because, you know, maybe it's McDavid, Drysaddle. I will say Ryan Nugent Hopkins, after a while, finally did figure it out. He was outstanding for them this past season. So they do have a little bit of recent history with that. But overall, the Oilers with their development, it's not good. It's I kind of compare it to the Rangers of the Eastern Conference because the Rangers are horrendous with developing their talent. Heck, we don't even know if Alexei Lafreniere is good over there. Capocacco, Philip Hedl still got to see if he's going to take a big step. So I kind of compare it to something like that. With Pujarvi, again, a smart front office, you know, like Carolina just did, they took a chance on him. Yes, it didn't work, but I think it was still a smart bet for them to take considering the numbers that he put up in Edmonton with how smart I think Kyle Dubas and this new front office is. It would be smart to just give him a look, see what he can do in camp, give more players some competition because the camp is already going to be super competitive as it is. This would really, I think, up a notch for someone who has contributed multiple seasons of 10, 11, 12 plus goals. He can bring you offense for the bottom of six. He can play defensively. He can play on your penalty kill as well. I mean, not as much as some of the other guys can, but I think he's still an option there. Absolutely. And I will say as much as we love to speak out against the quote unquote old hockey men, the dinosaurs, Ken Holland was what that front office needed because regardless of what you think of him, he has a really good track record of drafting and developing as seen by his time with the Red Wings in the nineties and two thousands. So he's going to be able to do things a little bit better for that front for that front office and that organization, especially when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. As for Poyarvi, I think there's more of a chance here for him than there would have been in Carolina. You said it already. Deep, deep roster in Carolina. A lot of talent up and down. That's why they're going to be one of the best teams in the Metro this year and moving forward. So on the flip side of that, you look at the Penguins and what they're trying to retool on the fly here a deep roster at the nhl level having a jesse poyarvi gives them more depth but there's enough of a need at the penguins bottom six that he will get more of a chance he'll get more consistent time he'll get more consistent ice and with that i think in an organization like the penguins 
a coach like Mike Sullivan, a captain like Sidney Crosby, a defenseman like Chris Letang. And just if there is one thing in sports, whether it's the NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, a winning culture is contagious. Seeing someone like Crosby, who has remained at the pinnacle of the sport for as long as he has, but never rests on it, that's infectious. You don't come to Pittsburgh and become lazy. You come to Pittsburgh and go, oh, wow. If that's how Sidney Crosby operates on a daily basis, what am I going to do when I'm here? I love that point. I mean, I didn't even consider that. And then you just put it out there. I'm like, well, <laughs> that actually makes this, this is again, to people, this is why Pat is on the show right now. But <laughs> I love that point that you made. I think it's very good. Also, you can slide pull Yarvey up to the top six if needed with injuries. He's shown an ability to play up there at times. You don't want him up there for 20, 25 games, anything like that. But he's still not a bad option if you need him in a pinch or something like that. One more option before we head to a break. And he's been on the team before. What about Zach Aston Reese with the Kyle Dubas connection? I think that's kind of a last ditch one, you know, because I went to cap friendly and I looked at all the current UFAs and it's not a lot. It's not it's also a lot. super redundant. Yeah. But uh, he's a good option. But at the same time, he's already what they've done with the bottom six defensively accountable players who aren't going to get caved in guys who can play a really solid two way game, help your penalty kill. And they kind of already have that they've they've filled that need it would be a nice little return comfortability for the player familiarity with the front office and the organization maybe if we get later on in the year and he's somebody that you need to bring in to help out because of injuries and a lack of depth not a bad option but if I'm Dubis in the front office right now hey thanks for everything but it's not going to be here right and he had his shot with the Penguins and I remember that fourth line like it was yesterday. Him, Brandon Tanev, and Teddy Bluger. That was one of the best shutdown fourth lines in the league. They don't have any of those players anymore, but both offensively and defensively, that line was so freaking good. Asmeris was the defensive guru. Bluger can win the draws, and then Tanev can provide the offense. I don't think there were many fourth lines that were better than that one. When And they, and they were fast. Yes. Like they, they, were they, they, they were great in the defensive zone, but man, if they got to top speed through the neutral zone, you were not catching them. And I think especially after you know, just, you know, one of them left, I, I don't think Aston Reese was the same, you know, I mean, you know, he left after then Bluger left, obviously. I just don't think that line was the same, you know, after, you know, just, you know, obviously Tanev left for the expansion draft and then Aston Reese goes and then Bluger gets traded. It just wasn't the same after one of them left, but Again, I, I agree. I think it's a last-ditch thing. They already have so many of those defensive gurus down there in the players that they signed this offseason. I think, as I said, it would kind of be redundant at this point. But that wraps up this second segment. Coming up to end the show, looks like Chicago's core three has gone out with a whimper. Pat and I are going to discuss that right after this. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes. That is Patrick Dam. So last week, Jonathan Taves announced via Instagram and then took it to the media that he will be taking this season off and he will be reassessing his future after the season. I just, I don't think he is fully invested in the game for this season. He basically said he just needs a break from the game of hockey. And with that, Jonathan Taves gone from the Blackhawks, Patrick Kane traded, gone. 
Duncan Keith gone. Their big three went out with kind of a whimper. And this team has not really been the same since what 2015. Cause after that they had the playoffs where they made it for a year or two, but they got schooled pretty badly. And then even after that, the team went down really fast and Kane's game wasn't the same. Taves game was not the same. And especially Duncan Keith's game, you know, before he went to what Edmonton wasn't the same either. So I think with this being the case, people need to really look themselves in the mirror and be like, think about the core that the Penguins have right now and how good Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang are playing. Because in some alternate reality, we just went into the multiverse <laughs> last week. In some alternate reality, that is the Penguins core three. And we should be blessed that they did not go out on a whimper like that. Yeah, and I said it on on Twitter. Uh, you know, I obviously hope that Jonathan Taves has his health because you know he went through it when when the pandemic was really ripping through, and it, it caused him to have. He didn't. I, I don't. I can't remember if they ever said if he got COVID nineteen or not. But yeah, I know that I believe he had some kind of uh, ailment that was related to the pandemic, and it really ripped through his body and. You know, he, the fact that he was able to come back is is truly a testament to him as, as a hockey player and a person. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Adam Gretz and I talked about it briefly. Basically just that their reign at the top was incredible, but it was not as long as people think. It was 2010 to 2015. It was about five years. And away from that, they were always competitive. But then now you look at – they have Connor Bedard, which you know, we can talk about why they probably shouldn't, but that's a whole different episode. But I mean, yeah, like in my head, I really hope that if nothing else, Crosby, Malkin, Latang go out guns blazing. They, they, they go out together. They go out at the same time or around the same time. And it's all at one big kick at the can because you look at Chicago up until they get Bedard last this past summer, they were in that mushy middle. They weren't until last year, they were never bad enough to tank, but never really good enough to contend. And you have these, you know, because Duncan Keith left, you have these two franchise icons in Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves just wasting away. And I don't ever want to see that happen for our big three, because everything they've done three Stanley cups, everything else in between it and how great they've been individually and as a collective, you don't want that to end as meekly as it has for Chicago. And you don't want to see the father time just creep in right away. Just, just how do I want to phrase this? It can creep in, I guess, slowly, but you don't want to just see the wheels fall off like it did with Taves, like it did with Kane, especially this past season. I think at five on five, Kane is cooked right now. That hip coming back from hip surgery, that's no small feat. And he's not going to be ready until the middle of the season. I don't know. For someone who is going through that, his five-on-five numbers were not good this past season. I know they were on a bad Chicago team. I don't think he's going to provide that much value to whoever signs him. Keith, obviously, I mean, that's down the road. But, you know, you look at also, you said it best, that their 2010 to 2015 was their window. After that, their seasons, they lose to the Blues. They get swept by the Predators. They miss the playoffs a couple of years. They then make the playoffs during the, the COVID year. They got crushed by the Knights after they beat the Oilers in the qualifying round. And then the final three seasons after that, 
get they got sixth, seventh, and eighth. So this past season was obviously awful because they tanked, but before that, they were kind of in that we're not good enough to make the playoffs. We're also not bad enough to be a full-on lottery team. And I would hope that the Penguins don't fall into that category. I would rather them being a a contender or B just be bad enough to be a lottery team. Being stuck in the middle, especially with these three players, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, that's never a good thing because you have to make a decision one way or another. You, you can't be a middling team for years to come. And I understand that franchises and individuals always find themselves in different positions. So dealing Patrick Kane to the Rangers, understandable because Patrick Kane, at least there was some belief both in Chicago and in New York that he had something left to give. We can debate whether or not there is, you know, stranger things have happened. Guys finding a Renaissance late in their late years, but you never want to be in a position where you have to say, you know what, we're going to deal a guy that brought us back to glory for spare parts and, and, and pennies on the dollar. I never want to see Sidney Crosby wearing another Jersey. I never yep. want to see Evgeny Malkin wearing another Jersey. I never want to see Chris Letang wearing another Jersey. I want 87, 71 and 58 to play their entire careers in Pittsburgh. And if that means that eventually the, they have a year where the wheels fall off, I hope that both they and the organization decide, you know what, it's time. Right. I think at that point with how competitive both are, and I think all three are, I think they would come to a point where it's like, okay, we know we've lost a step. We don't want to just be a middling team. We'll go out on our own terms so you guys can really kickstart this rebuild process and you know be bad enough to be, to be a lottery team or just you know, do whatever it takes to rebuild this team back to a contender. I don't want these three players just playing like a bunch of grandpas, to be honest. Yeah. It, and again, you know, to put the final point on it, I really do hope – uh, Jonathan Taves has his health with everything he's had to deal with the past three, four years uh, with both injuries and the pandemic. And here's the hope. And we get at least one more good kick at the can with Crosby, Malkin and Latang. Right. I couldn't agree more. I, I echo your sentiments with Taves. I really hope he takes this year off, just refreshes himself. I do think there will be interest in him next year. If he decides to play, he'll be definitely a good bottom six option for a team that's maybe trying to contend. Kane, if he can prove me wrong, that'll be great. And obviously, Keith, he retired a little over a year ago after a really great career. Went down a little bit when he was a member of the Oilers. He was not the shutdown defenseman that everyone remembers him being when he was with the Oilers. But when he was with Chicago, I think for most of those years, there were not five defensemen in the league better than him. But And, and, and just yeah. real quick, like with Taves, I mean, there was a couple year span where like, yeah, he wasn't Crosby, but man, was he good. Like just an absolute force. Right. And I never bought into the weird notion that he was better than Sidney Crosby. I don't know where, where that started, why that started. Great player. Don't get me wrong. Better than Sidney Crosby. I thought that was a little much of a stretch at the time, but he was still one of the best two-way centers in the game, especially uh, would- when he was of his power. I would have absolutely, at the height of his powers, put him in the same conversation as Sid. Not better, but one of those guys where you go, man, if you don't have Sid, like, Taves ain't a bad backup option. I don't think he ever truly had the offense to be, I guess, considered in that conversation. That's just also my opinion. Yeah. But I can definitely see where you're coming from. Defensively, though, he was 
awesome. And he did provide some offense, but it wasn't at the level that Sid provided, I think. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. I'll be back in my home office on Wednesday. Pat and I will be back in his studio on Wednesday, and we'll have a brand new episode for you all then. Again, hope you all have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll talk with you all on Wednesday.